No matter who you are, things in your life probably aren't going as expected, whatever that means. But the things you are doing right now, no matter what they are, that's your life. It's not a plan B. I'm your host, Madeline Mortensen, and you're listening to This Is Not A Backup Plan. Hello, welcome to episode three. This episode is called Making a Home, and it is one of two episodes that I'm going to have about this topic. Today's episode will feature guest Ashley Wilson, who is a home decor blogger who does all sorts of fun projects in pink and rainbow colors and does a lot of upcycling and recycling projects that are really awesome if you are trying out what you like in a space and have a budget and want to see what you can do to stretch your dollar. So I'm really excited for you to hear the tips that Ashley has. The reason that I wanted to do episodes around making a home is I know for me, I was waiting to make a place feel like home until I had a partner in my home. I kind of figured that I'd do things like buy nice dishes or get a stand mixer or have matching furniture that I liked once I was established. And I figured that that would be when I got married. But when I was about 21, something flipped in my brain. It occurred to me one day that I could start doing things like buying nice dishes or picking out furniture I liked now, that I could do that for me and that I didn't have to wait to do it with someone else or for someone else. When I realized this, I was still living in an apartment with lots of roommates. And so I was not wanting to start investing tons in making my space feel like home and buying dishes or things that I might be sad if someone else broke. So I switched my thinking from I'll do that when I get married to I'll do that when I have a home. And it was a conscious thing I had to do. I consciously remember replacing my when I'll get married thoughts with when I have a home thoughts. But here's the thing. Once I did that for a while, my when I had a home thoughts turned into when I save money for that. And it occurred to me that while I couldn't do everything I wanted to do just because I decided to, the things that really mattered to me were things I could start planning and budgeting for and thinking of creative ways to bring into my life. When I bought my home in 2020, it was so exciting to realize that this thing that I had started thinking about doing a few years ago was real and that the decorations I had been collecting and the dishes that I had been eyeing were things they could start bringing into my home. And I've had a lot of fun envisioning what this space would be like. And Ashley's work is something that a friend recommended to me when I was starting to put together this house. I was trying to figure out what exactly do I envision this space to be. And Ashley has a blog post called Finding Your Style that we'll talk about in this episode. And it really helped me think about what I wanted to try for my space and what felt like me and my space. And so I wanted to talk to Ashley more and see what advice she would have for someone starting out to make a space feel like home, whether it might be the first house you've bought or your apartment, or even if you're living with roommates or maybe still living at home or in a temporary space, what you might do to make your bedroom or the room that you're in feel like home. I can't wait for you to hear from Ashley today, and I really hope it sparks some inspiration for you. I would love for you to introduce yourself because I think it's so fun to hear how people describe the work that they do. 
My name is Ashley. Ever since I was little, I wanted to be an interior designer. I went to school for interior design and I worked like as a visual merchandiser for furniture stores. I would rearrange the furniture so it would sell better. And then once I had my son, I was like, I need something that I can make money, but stay home with him. And so when he was six months old, I started my blog. And then when he was two years old, I was able to quit. And now I blog full time and I get to like hang out with him and I get to make pretty spaces. So it's a stressful win-win situation. The first thing I wanted to chat about is I bought a house last year and when I was decorating, my friend actually sent me your blog post, like finding your style. And I just think that's such a fun guide. And I wondered if you would talk a little bit about what that advice is that you give to people when they're like, how do I know what I like in a space? I remember when I was in my 20s, I had apartments on my own through college, and I didn't really care about decorating them because it was just like temporary. And then I got married. Oh, I don't remember how, like 23. I was so young. I thought I was so old. But I got married, and I didn't know how to decorate that would make myself happy and my husband happy. So I forgot about myself and just did what I thought he would like. And I hated it. And now I look back at the pictures of my first apartment. I was like, what was I thinking? But that's okay. I think that's just part of what has to happen is you have to try and sometimes you fail and it's just okay. And so maybe try failing with cheaper things. So try with paint, try thrifting things and change the color of your pillow. Try affordable printable art and then you can experiment and it's not such a huge commitment. Like don't just start with a purple couch. Try it with small things. And one big piece of advice I'd always give people is don't care so much about what other people think that don't live in your house. So don't decorate for your mother-in-law, even though you love her. Don't decorate for your best friend. Decorate for how it makes you happy because you're there most of the time. Your friends and family are there once in a while, but your house is for you. So do what makes you happy. You talked about that first apartment, and I don't know what the pictures were on that post. I think it was like your condo, and you were showing the grays and the things they were using. So how would you describe the changes in your decor over the years and the ways that it's become more you? I started, like, all my walls were painted gray, which a lot of people's were in the, like, early 2000s. I was like 2008, which again, it was fine. It's what I liked. It's what I thought I liked at the time. What I did was I started pinning a lot of stuff and I tried to see what is the common line here. And it was a lot of pink and a lot of white. And so I just started by painting all my walls white. And my husband was not a fan of the pink at first and he's totally fine with it now. He's whatever. But yeah, I just started small. Like I even started by like buying grocery store flowers that were pink and putting them in a vase. And that's five dollars that anybody can afford and a big thing I did was I was on a budget but I still allocated some of my budget towards decor because even $50 a month that adds up and you can make some changes over time like changing out your pillows your art your throw blanket I mean you can even paint your furniture if you want it's a fun way to just experiment You've mentioned a few tips for starting small and less expensive ways like the printable art or the thrifting or the grocery store flowers. What are some of the other like advice you have for tricks you've found to maybe stretch like the decor budget you're putting aside a little bit further? Okay, so tips for really maximizing on your budget. 
there's so many little things you can do. And what I like to do is I like to personalize things as much as possible because my look is more girly and fun. So I can't always find it at the store. So yes, I will paint a lot of things. Like pretty much everything I get from the thrift store, I end up painting. And then you can rearrange things in a different way. So like I have a bunch of thrifted books on my bookshelf and they're arranged in rainbow order. And so that kind of looks more interesting. Even like with books, you could put like scrapbook paper on the outside to add whatever color you want. I've even spray painted the outsides of books before and I taped off the pages. The books still work like a charm so you don't have to ruin things. Paint is obviously the easiest and then if you want to try like making your own art you can do that. I've like framed pages from a calendar or cards I've received. It's fun to be like this is the look I want. How can I get this with spending less money and trying to get your brain to work a little bit harder than spending a ton of money, that's when you get really magical spaces. A few things that you mentioned too is it sounds like with some of those less expensive ideas like the idea to get from the thrift store and things like that, then if you personalize them, you're more likely to come away with a piece that might match what you want and that even might be a less expensive piece than if you spent money on a very specific piece. Yeah, definitely. And there's always a time when you see something that you love that stops you in your tracks. Like it is okay to save up and splurge on those items that you're going to love forever. Please do. That's so important. Then there's also those times that it's like, hey, can I go to the craft store and buy some faux flowers and make my own arrangement that'll stay alive for a while? And I don't know, like it's fun to combine both of them in the new with like older items that mix it's so beautiful in the house because it feels like character and not all brand new and just purchased like to all match each other (laughs) the mix is really the fun part that is a lot of fun I love that something that I was thinking about that I think can hold people back from decorating when they're younger and in spaces is that A, they're renting so they don't feel like they can personalize certain things in their spaces or B, they're like, I'm going to be moving a lot. So if I do this cute thing, maybe it won't work in the new space. If I buy these cute pictures, maybe they won't be cute on the wall in the new space. So I would love to hear if you have tips for like decor ideas that you feel like can move well for different spaces, but also ideas of things that are like lower impact on a rented space. Yeah, for sure. And when I was first renting, I felt the same way, like why even try? But then I just feel like that's a trap you can get into. And then you just spend your life in houses that don't inspire you. And one of my really big beliefs is that your house should make you smile. My house is almost a place of therapy for me. Like my rooms are so bright and happy because honestly, I tend to be a little dark inside and so having houses that like help me see the brighter side of life honestly it's important for me so I would just suggest give up that thought and that it's a waste of time because there's so much things in life that could like exercising every day feels like a waste and then like over time it adds up and it's important but like for me decorating it's actually really important to my mental health so with a rental there's lots of things you can do I even made a panel and I wallpapered it it was a piece of foam that I got it's usually used for insulation it was like $15 from Home Depot and then I wallpapered it and I could move it from place to place because we rented for a while And it was my favorite pattern and I could stick it behind my sofa and it was just like a fun, cheap way that I could like just add something that felt like me that was huge impact. And here's what I think about decor. If you love it, it'll usually work in multiple places. 
So if you have art you love, like maybe you'll rearrange it in a different way. And that's great because then it'll feel fresh. So art is a great thing. Accessories, like make sure to buy some like cute tchotchkes, like a vase, a cute clock, something whimsical and fun, have plants that you love. And those things will translate. Like sometimes if you change like the scale of your house, that might be tricky if you go from a huge place to a small place. But usually with apartments, it's about the same size and you can get stuff that'll translate. And then it can be like a game. Okay, so I love this and this. How can I make this work again? And also moving, you can look at it as an opportunity to edit. So then if you're like, oh my gosh, I made this and I like actually hate it. Like you move and you can donate it or sell it, then you're done with it. And it's actually a good thing. And then you have a new opportunity to try again, because as we grow and evolve, our taste is going to change. And that is okay. So keep letting like your stuff evolve with you. And if you have to let some things go, because that's not who you are anymore, let it go. Like I remember we moved And I needed to get rid of a ton of stuff because we needed to put it in storage. Like we moved to Florida and so I was storing a bunch of my stuff. And I remember I had to get rid of things and I was like, this was for a different girl. And it was really painful, but it was also like, now that I don't have it anymore, I felt like it wasn't holding me back anymore. That makes a lot of sense. Then the other question was, and you touched on this with the wallpaper panel that you made, which is such a fun idea. What are some good ideas if people are like, okay, I want to do a little bit more than put pictures on the walls. You know, I want to do some things that kind of change the feel more. Just really ideas of what you what would you would say are good tips or things to look for if you're renting and trying to have low impact, but maybe wanting to adapt the space. So the things that you can really do to change the space are you can do a rug. Even if you have ugly old carpet on the floor, that's okay. Don't worry about it. And you can get rugs pretty affordably. In a living room, you usually want an eight foot by a five foot size rug. And you can get those for $200, which sounds kind of expensive, but I promise it'll make a huge impact because you could add pattern and color that way. I would also suggest looking into getting curtains. That would be about $100 for a window if you shop at like Target, which they have cute stuff. I was at a friend's house and he was renting and he had these like vertical blinds. And he's like, I hate these so much. And I'm like, take them down, storm under your bed, put up curtains and you're going to live here for, he was planning on it for five years. Like why have something in your house that you hate every day for five years when you can spend a hundred dollars to me that's an investment and you don't have to have stuff you hate you have some really fun reg posts too because I was in the market for regs last year when I moved into my house and so I remember looking at your reg posts because I really wanted a pink one and so I was like okay what does she have and I did find a super cute pink one and you're right it just completely the feel of the room is completely different I have old hardwood floors that are really beautiful. It'd be nice if they were refinished, but they're just like their original hardwood floors. And the rug just helped the room feel less giant because the rooms in my house sometimes feel a little bit big just of the way they're set up. A rug is like a hug for a room. It pulls everything together and softens stuff up. It's nice. I totally like never knew that until last year, but game changer. I didn't realize what a big impact they had. You touched on this a little bit as we were talking about like why you want to update a space, even if it's temporary, but can you just talk a little bit about what adding personal touches can do for you? What you feel like some of the benefits are of just making a space feel more like it's home and like you belong there. A home should be your sanctuary, a place that you feel like you can relax at the end of the day that recharges you. To me, 
I like to surround myself with stuff also that tells my story. So you'll see like in the art, I went to college in Los Angeles, so I have a framed map of LA. Like, I love pink, so that's all over my house. I used to wear high heel shoes everywhere. I have a young child now, so I don't do that. But I have, like, ceramic shoes on my wall. And if you walked through my house, I don't know if you'd know all of that. But for me, I know all of it. I know all of the things that, like, speak to my history and things I found while I traveled. And funny stories from when I found things thrifting and who I was with and all of it layers on top of each other and creates a really beautiful ambiance that you feel like you're in a place that's just for you. I think that feeling is really good and the longer you decorate, the better it'll get, which isn't that kind of exciting. So I just think that like, it's a really great way to look at things and be like, how can I tell my story? Like, where can I put a picture that like makes me smile? What's a personal joke I have? And how can I represent that with my decor? And then you end up having this house that's like beautiful and layered and interesting. And people come into it and they're like, this feels like you. And that's so much better than them being like, oh, this is the perfect like show house. Everything's perfect and amazing. It doesn't have to feel like a hotel. Like it can feel like you, which is fun. What I love about that is I think it can feel very overwhelming when you're like, I want my house to be pulled together. There's so much work to do. But like what you're sharing are things that have happened over time. You've been thrifting, you've been collecting, you've been like finding things that tell your story. And I kind of like that because it makes home decor feel like, an evolution and a journey and not like an end game. And it's overwhelming when it feels like an end game. And I think honestly, like Instagram and Pinterest can ruin that for you because people show these before and afters. I do it too, because it's really fun, but not everybody can pull together a room in two weeks and be like, okay, here's everything. It's all ready before and after, you know, like the truth is that even with after the after, like I'm always tweaking and changing things. So just feel free to do that as well, you know? This has been so much fun. Is there anything else that you'd want to add that you've thought of that we didn't talk about? I don't think so. I love where you're coming from, though, like helping 20-somethings decorate their house. And I think it's a great idea. I wish I was better at it when I was a 20-something. I guess that's part of my message is that if you're not good at it, keep trying because home is worth it. I love that. If you want to follow Ashley and see all of her fun home decor projects, you can find her on Instagram. Her handle is at home with Ashley. I'll include that in the show notes along with links to the blog posts that I mentioned in this episode. You can find this podcast on Instagram at not a backup plan, and you can find me on Twitter at Madeline K. The link to support the show on Patreon is in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for listening, and I'm excited for you to hear part two of this series with Meg Conley. Remember, no matter what's happening in your life, it is not a plan B.